0: We're about to start, um, halacha and gimel. Um, halacha is, is all about cheese, that making kosher cheese. And gimel is a continuation sort of a bet. So rather than jump right into the din, um, we're going to talk today, uh, sort of a, an overview, an introduction to the, in general, to what goes on in dairies. Um, we're going to barely do any halacha today. It's going to be almost completely introduction, just to understand what goes on. Just as a just to put things into a little perspective and know where things fit um, as we get deeper into dairy things, um, in Bayes particular and a little even in hal okay so before and before I say that, I have to just tell you um, that i don 't know how, how much percentage but a tremendous percentage of what I know about how dairies operate, and even more about, about how about dairies operate comes from someone who you will know here, zisha um who 's been deeply involved in this for many, many years. He wrote something many years ago. It was printed in, in, at the end of Adavakash, just forever ago, called the Dairy Primer, which is really, it's, it's really something, uh, I know it's it a little too early to say that, but we call it like a classic. It really really puts together the Shilas and the Mitzi's, and it's really done very well. Um, and he's been a tremendous resource. Even in the past couple of days, as I was working on this, I spoke with him more times about it, because he really knows a lot. Uh, he's, he's really a person to know about it. So a lot of what you're going to hear, um, even if I don't say his name, is... Really come from it. Okay, for what we're going to talk about. Okay, I'm going to going to break up what I'm going to say into into basically into four parts, which have to do, which are organized by the the basic four things that are in a uh, cup of milk. Okay, and they are um, the first one is fat. <laughs> then comes protein. There are two kinds of protein in milk: casein and whey. Two kinds of protein. Um, for those who are curious, cow's milk is that 80% um, casein and 20% weight. That's how those protein is broken down. The third group is going to be sugars, um, which in milk, the sugar is called lactose. Lactose is really what we call a disaccharide. It means it has two sugars attached to each other. It's not a, it's not a single sugar. It's two sugars attached together. One is called galactose and one is called glucose. Um... Anybody wants to know the gory I, I want to put it up on the screen. There's a nice long name for what it's officially called. We call it lactose. And the last is going to be water and the other minor components that there are. Okay, so we're going to break it up into these four parts. The first is um, fat. Okay, and That is, when a person, you know, 100 years ago, when you milked a cow and you had, got a container of milk, you let it sit still for a, a little while, the, the fat, the cream, would rise up to the top. Um, and the milk, is it's about 4% of, of the milk, is is fat or cream? Um, Methodism. 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 Uh, well, fat is we'll come to that in a second. It's the butter. We'll come to that in a second. But the cream rise That cream rises to the top. So in most theories the first thing um, that happens when the milk shows up, when it shows up at the dairy, is it goes through this machine that we have right here called the separator. Okay, it uses centrifugal force, um, and it removes the cream. Okay, they don't wait for it to happen naturally. Oh, in, 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 this, in almost everything in the dairy, the first thing that happens is they do. They run through a separator. That is to say, even though they're gonna sell some milk and cheese and all kinds of other products with cream in them, they don't leave it in there. They separate the cream out, and then they put it back in as needed. If this is gonna be whole milk, they put in the full 4%. It's gonna be skim milk, It's gonna be this kind of cheese, so whatever it's gonna be, they put the right amount of, of what? What of the, amount of cream in. 4% of what? The, 4% so, of the amount of milk. The, the, milk. Natural the natural milk, 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 when it comes out of the cow, it's 96% other things and 4% uh, fat I or see. cream. So when they make, when you give you whole milk, that means milk with the full amount of fat that's supposed to be in there. But it's not is half, of the, half of the amount of fat that's supposed to be in there. Well. But the 4% that's in the whole milk is not the cream that came from this cow. The milk came into the farm, it, into the factory, they separated the, the, the cream from the rest of the milk. And then later on, they mix cream back in. Oh. Yeah. They don't, they, when it comes in, everything gets separated. And then, depending on today, we want to make more whole milk, or more more skim milk, or more two percent milk. Then they add it back in. That's, that's like the standard way that it operates over there. Um, and that just just for efficiency, you know, they take all the cream off. Okay. Um, the opposite, the opposite is um, when we when you buy milk, when we buy milk nowadays, we don't buy milk like they have come you know, from hundred years ago. That's how they got it. We get milk where the milk is what we call homogenized. That's what this machine is. It's a homogenizer. So it's not a great picture. It's a homogenizer. And a homogenizer beats the fat globules into such tiny particles that they stay in suspension. They don't float to the top. So when you buy milk, in our milk, you can sit the whole thing. It's not going to float to the top. By the time it starts to float to the top, it's been spoiled. Okay? In other words, it takes a long time before the molecules will start to get back together and float to the top. By that time, you won't be drinking the milk. Anyhow, so we, the milk, the fluid milk that we get, the, the, the bottles of the milk that we get are homogenized, means they made it in such a way that the cream does not separate from the fat. Okay? But anyhow, back to the, back to the regular, well, in, a, in a regular dairy, they, they, the first thing that happens is you separate it, and the milk, uh, and the cream is separated out of, the, out of the liquid. That cream that comes out is called uh, cream. That's what they call that fat that comes out is called cream. When it comes out of straight milk, when it comes right out of the milk, it's called sweet cream or whipping cream. Okay? That, that's what comes right out of the milk, fresh out of the milk, is, is called whipping cream. Um, it, it doesn't have... It has almost no cautious concerns. With it. What, I, what we're calling sweet cream has almost no cautious concerns. It comes, the milk comes in, it gets separated, it, it's almost as pure as it could be. In contrast, okay, we'll get to... I'll give you a second. Okay. The, when this cream is... If you take cream... Just pure cream. And you beat it. Okay? What do you call it? You say you, say you whip it. Okay? You, you beat it. For a long time, it becomes a whip. If you keep on beating it, you, what we call you churn it, then what happens is that cream separates into two parts. One part is I like... A whipping. Yeah, if you whipping? If you whipped. keep on whipping it, if you keep on past whipping it to the point where we say you churned it, it comes to that point, it separates into two parts. One is a drier, clumpier, piecier thing, and the other one is a liquid. The clumpy part, the, the the solids that parts. If you then s- squeeze them out, so then all the liquid you have, that's butter. Okay, you, once you've turned it to that point, you remove this liquid. It solidifies until it becomes more like crumbly and dry and uh, solid. Those pieces stuck together is that's butter. Okay, so it's churned cream is what you make butter out of. How, how do you churn it? You whip it up. Okay. You just I mean. I mean, I mean separate just the cream? It doesn't right, just the, the cream. butter. Right. You just take you just take the cream. You just take the cream out, and now you churn yeah. that up. If you turn if you it, it, your wife has done this to make whip. Well, maybe not with milk, but with other, other fats to make a whip, like for a cake. But if you keep on going with, with milk, you'll get what we call butter. Okay, you keep on churning it to the point that you get you, you beat it so much it separates into two parts. It's like what they do with chocolate. When you, when you beat it enough, you separate it into cocoa butter and cocoa liquor or cocoa powder. Um, so here you separate, you get two things. One is the butter. The leftover is called buttermilk. The part that comes out, the liquid that gets separated out of it is called buttermilk. Now when I say that that thing is called buttermilk, that's the traditional buttermilk. Okay, it's called buttermilk. It's the milky-like substance that comes out when you make butter. Okay? It's not butter, it's not, that's, what, that's where the word buttermilk comes from. It's, it's a milky-like substance that comes And that's what's used commercially. If you go into a factory and they're using buttermilk, that's probably what they're using. If you go to the supermarket and you buy buttermilk, it has a different thing. It's, it has nothing, no shyness. Nowadays, what, what you, when you buy buttermilk in the store, that is just milk that's cultured. Um, they, they add uh, uh, we'll get the cultured milk a little later. They add uh, 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 bacteria, something to it, which does something to the milk and changes its its form. We'll get a little more to that in a second. Um, and what we so if you buy in the store nowadays. If you walk in the store and say, "I want to buy some buttermilk," you're not buying the traditional buttermilk it was never made make from butter. Buttermilk used for it? What, what is the store? The store? What is it used People for it? eat it. People eat it. They use it as an ingredient. Um, but the, the, the traditional buttermilk, that traditional buttermilk, is the leftover liquid from churning a butter. That leftover liquid is called buttermilk. Okay. So the, that's how you make, where well, I just told you, how you make real, the, the best butter. The highest quality butter comes from sweet cream. Okay. You could also make butter from another kind of cream, which we're going to talk about a little later uh, in the next section, which is called whey cream. Okay, what I just told you was what's called sweet cream. It takes it right when you bring the milk in, you right away separate out the cream. That's, that's the higher quality cream. There's a lower quality cream, which is called whey cream. We'll talk about that in a second. That has much more serious shyness to it. I told you the, 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 the sweet cream that has very little shyness to it, very simple and very innocuous from a kasha's perspective. But the whey cream, which can also be used to make butter, you can also make butter out of it, um, has much more serious shyness to it. Okay. the... the it, it's a little... You might not expect this, but the, the lower quality butter is the better tasting butter. Okay, so even though I said to you the higher quality is made from the sweet cream, the better tasting butter is the better tasting butter is the lower quality butter. I know that, that sounds a little strange. Anyhow, so the, the 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 butter also has other things that add to it. Um, other things to give flavor to it, especially to concentrate when you have a higher quality butter, which doesn't taste as good, start a distillate, and the acid, there are other things that are added to it. Um, we're going to talk about whether butter needs to be Chol or Gvinish that's going to be a Halacha Gimel. The Halacha Gimel is about butter, and whether it needs to have the dinam of Chol and Gvinish which is what our statement is about, um, that's going to be for that dynamo. I mean, we, we would look at it, we would guess that it would need Chol okay, but we'll talk about it when we get to Halacha Gimel, about whether it, does, whether it needs either of those things. Okay? Aside from butter and milk, um, there's a couple other things you can make as a byproduct of this thing. Um, two of them are butter oil or anhydrous uh, milk fat, we call amf also. And um, that is when you take butter and you uh, take off the fatty everything aside from the fat. If you leave just the fat. Um, that's a certain thing. And also you can also take butter oil and you could add lipase to it. Lipase is an enzyme that comes from animals' throats. Um, it's an enzyme that they have in there, um, which starts to digest the o- the fat. Um, that's called L-P-L-B-O, or lipolized butter oil. Um, that's one thing you make good. And then, one of the flavor... Com- what? Butter oil. butter oil... Butter oil is the... everything. It's just the fat part of the, you of the, the oil. Right. And if you remove everything except for the fat. But you could also put lipase into that. If you want it, it that uh, changes the taste of it by adding this lipase to it. So it's called LBO or lipolized butter oil. Awesome. Of, obviously, that's more obviously that's, that's sensitive because uh, lipase basically is changed. Um, I mean, you can make kosher, but even, that's not for now. But there are those who make it kosher who um, not everyone agrees with how they make it. But there there is such a thing as kosher lipase out there in the market. Um, what? Is, okay, we we don't have to say on it. Who does it? Eh. Uh, no, no, who no. does Okay, now the one of the components in butter that has a lot to do with the, the taste that it has, the, the 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 desirable taste to it, is called butyric acid. Um, and if you get a natural one, it's it it, it could come from butter. That's the nat- that's where you would get it from naturally. And, and people who use it use it to create butter-like taste to it because that's what people associate with that taste. Um, but, but Daryl Clow, it comes from, um, synthetic sources, sources, and people, and it's assumed that if someone's selling it as plain, they're not selling it as a natural product, that it's not the natural one, and it doesn't, it's not a cautionary one. acid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see natural? We I don't remember. I don't remember. Natural the natural one is, would be suspected of coming from butter. That would be the, the, the suspicion that that's where it comes from. Blah, blah, blah. but that would be the suspicion where it comes from. But usually it's not. If you just see plain, okay. and there's a, so, how so how we, listed in it we, in Sequel. Okay. Okay. One last thing in here, which is it's just like an exception. You might be thinking this, which is ice cream is not really made, so to speak, from cream. Ice cream is made from milk, um, something with a very high milk content. It also has to have a lot of cre- it has to have a lot of cream to it. By it's, I think over ten percent. It's usually between ten and sixteen percent cream to it. So it has cream added to it. It's not plain milk, and it has all kinds of other right added to it, other kosher sensitive ingredients like emulsifiers added to it. And what they do is they freeze it. But when they freeze it. Um, they stir it while it's being frozen to help e- get extra air into it to give it a fluffiness. And so it's a frozen milk with a high fat content, and it, of course it's Hachkasa, but it's not, it does contain cream. By law, it actually has to contain a lot of cream, but it doesn't, but it's not cream per se. Okay, it's not like butter, which is just cream. But ice cream is made from right. really plain milk with all kinds of other hachkasa. Why does the government mix in? The, gov- the, the government doesn't, when the government does these things, they're not mixing it to say it's like right or wrong. It's that people expect a certain thing. So they're just establishing, everybody assumes it has a certain amount of fat, so it's not, it's not honest to consumers if you would call something ice cream. Or not. You could can call it call frozen. Scotch. Scotch if you not call it scotch. Right, so it's just, it's just, you could call it a frozen confection. You just can't call it ice cream. People expect a certain thing, so they just put into law what people expect. That's all. Nothing more than that. Okay, so that's our, our first section. We talked about do the fat. The second section, which is, which is much more right into what we negate us, um, is the protein. Okay, I said the, the, the second part of what the, in the milk is the protein. And as I, said, I told you about fat, it's easy to remove fat from milk. Okay, first thing you do, you remove the fat out of the milk. That's easy. Okay, almost as easy, or what the very, what's very commonly done is to remove the protein from the milk also. I don't mean the protein. I don't, I don't mean the, all the protein, the casein protein out of the milk. Um, and that is done in one of two ways. You, you, I, you're prob- this is probably just because I'm so sure you probably know this. One. There's two ways to do this. One is using rennet, and one is using acid. Okay, there are two ways to get the casein um, to come, the casein protein to come out of the milk. Those two, those two ways of doing it are very different from each other. The, the result is the same—that that the casein protein is now out of the milk—but they work very differently. Rennet is a, what's called a protease enzyme. Enzyme. I mean it's an enzyme that works on proteins. Okay. So rennet works by breaking apart by changing the structure of part of the casein, it's called the kappa casein, I don't know what that means, but anyway, it's one part of the casein, it affects the kappa casein, and because of that, the casein molecule is all affected, it's all not the way it's supposed to be, falls out of the milk. Okay? That's, that's how rennet affects milk, how it causes the casein to fall out of it, it, it if you could use it, breaks one of the parts of the casein, the kappa casein, that part of the molecule, and then the whole thing is not stable, and falls out. Um, the other one is the other one is that acid casein is as follows: casein beitzem. Pure casein does not dissolve in milk; does not say it's not soluble in milk. When casein is in a casein salt, okay, then it does is soluble. So when casein is the way it is in milk, it's calcium caseinate. When it's mixed in the milk as such, it's happy and it stays mixed into the milk. By adding in acid, by m- making uh I don't know, turning the milk too acidic below four point six. It's, it's called it as a fancy one, it's called the isoelectric point. If it goes below four point six below four point six pH, the calcium caseinate breaks apart, leaving calcium and casein separate from each other. Casein is not is not soluble, it falls out of the solution. Okay. Um, the the okay so we, we have these two different ways of getting the casein out of the milk. How do you how do you make the milk acidic? I told you you can do it with rennet. Okay, so somebody pours in rennet. How do you make the milk acidic to get the casein to fall out of it? So the simplest way to do it is to do nothing. Okay. I'm sorry, this, all right, take that back. That's not simple. The simplest way to do it is to add acid to it. Okay, you put lemon juice into it or vinegar or an industrial kind of acid into it. Okay, we I know people who do that. They take they take milk, pour in lemon juice, and they have cottage. Cheese. Okay? Putting it, you put in the right you put in the right amount, you put in the right amount of um Acid into it, and it'll separate itself. You can do it at home. Okay, it you put works it in. in fast what? It works in fast resol. Yeah, it? works works anything. There's a difference. put it in. Put in. Put in the. We should have done a demonstration. Keep everybody awake here. Uh, so put it. Put in. The, put in enough acid into it. Lowers the the acidity to to below four point six, and out, you know out pops. out will pop the casein. Okay. Another way you could you do, do you it. Get casein, you get casein. You butter. No, the casein, the protein. We're getting at the protein now. The butter. we finished with the protein. Now we're just getting at the. Now we're getting at just the. Just, we want to get out the. You want to get out the protein. Make, by making it acidic, will we'll cause the pH. Lower the pH. Causes the caseinate to break apart. And causes the casein to fall out. Another thing is, you could just leave it on the counter. Kay? If you leave milk on the counter, what's going to happen is, what happens is, what's going on when you leave milk on the counter is, bacteria start to work on the milk. They start to eat the milk. A byproduct of almost every living function is lactic acid is produced. It's a byproduct of the bacteria working eating your milk is that it produces lactic acid. The lactic acid sours the milk, meaning it lowers the pH to below four point six. As soon as the pH gets below four point six, ta ta, the casein. Okay, so the reason why when you sour the milk it turns into what looks like cottage cheese is because that's exactly what's happening. The the bacteria that's eating the thing the bacteria's not creating the cottage cheese, the bacteria is creating lactic acid. Lactic acid is making it too acidic, out comes the protein. The protein is okay. Well, the only reason you might not be able to eat it is because maybe the bacteria that was eating it did something harmful to the milk beforehand. I'm not saying you you should eat it, but if you want to see the protein come out, so the simple way, you, I don't know, I, I can't answer that question, but it is or not healthy to eat it. But that's a, that could happen like that. You could speed that up. Commercially, they don't do that. They don't sit in a tank and say, okay, let's just leave the milk out of here for a week and wait for it to sour. What they do is they add their own bacteria. Okay, we call those cultures. Okay, they add their own bacteria to the milk. The, that bacteria, they, they don't put, in, they don't wait for it to fall from the atmosphere. They put in a specific one into the milk. It starts eating, eating, you know, or, and living, and doing what it has to do. Out comes lactic like acid, ta-ta. That's the stuff that they keep. What What is when you go to a dairy? It's a culture. It's just, it's just a, it's a, that, a, a starter or something. It's a starter culture, same okay. thing. Starter culture. Uh, okay. Um, so the, the cultures are added to, the cultures have this effect. Now. Cultures is a, is a whole science to which culture you put into things. Okay, there are many different ones. There are all kinds of different properties to it. For these kind of cheeses, is not as important. For the the, regu- for the, for the rennet ones, people add cultures when they're going to use, use rennet also. Because the cultures have effects on the taste. It has to do with temperatures, all kinds of... In, all kinds of says. So I'm telling you you add culture if you wanted to create an acid cheese, which is true. The culture is what makes the acidity, which creates the cheese. But people eat it to the rennet cheeses also. The rennet... But they want to remove the, the casein through reninosa. Okay. Anyhow, at this point, we're equal. We're sort of equal. Whether you added renin or you added, you added acid, yeah, the casein is falling out of the milk. Okay. Now, both of these methods could be used in themselves in two different ways. But both of them could be used in two different ways. One is to make casein, and one is to make cheese. Okay. Those two things are very similar, but they're not the same. If you got the casein out of milk that has no fat to it, Okay? You took fat-free milk. Remember, you took out the cream first, and you have fat-free milk. And you get acid to it, or rennet to it. What's going to come out is going to be casein. What you're going to get after you get it, the acid or the rennet is going to be plain old casein. And either you're going to call that acid casein, or you're going to call it rennet casein. But what's going to come out is going to be just pure, plain old protein called casein. Okay? Now, I'll just the throw, What? The liquid? It co- well, it comes out as a, as a solid, but it comes out as a as a more solid looking than milk does, like, like a soft, cheesy kind of thing, where you could turn it into a powder that's separate, but it comes out as, it's, come, it's like a cheesy kind of thing. Okay, now, I, I'm going to throw in something over here, Robert Blech's insight into this, which is, he said, if you remember what I told you, when you make rennet casein, when you make rennet casein, that works by breaking the cap casein, breaking part of the casein, to force it out of, the, out of the milk. Acid casein the whole casein came up as is pure. So he says, it's not possible to turn rennet casein into acid casein. Acid casein has almost no shilos to it, and rennet casein has, needs convenience withdrawal. But you can't make rennet casein into acid casein. Rennet casein is, so to speak, broken. It can't be repaired and turned into acid casein. Okay, so you don't have to be concerned that acid casein is really rennet casein. It doesn't work like that. You can't turn one into the other. Okay, anyhow, back to where we were. So if you, had, if you used milk... They had no... Do they have different applications? Yes, they com- they're very different. They're different birds. For, for example? I don't know. They're not the same structure. They're both called casein. But one came from acid, one came from rennet, one through acid or rennet. They have different... The finished product is not the same thing. Okay. Now, if you put... If you remove the casein from milk that has fat in it, what happens is, when the casein falls out, it doesn't come out by itself. It entraps the milk that's in... The, the, the fat that's in the milk. So if you pull out casein out of milk that has fat in it, then you don't get casein. Then you get cheese. Okay, cheese is when you pull out the casein, but casein that entraps fat inside of it, and now what you've pulled out, we don't call that casein anymore. We call that cheese. Cheese is really casein with fat mixed into it. Or casein holding in, in like a lattice of holding on the fat that's inside of it. Okay, so the difference between acid casein and acid cheese, acid set cheese and acid casein is that acid casein is pure, it's just the casein of it. Acid cheese means when you pulled out that casein, it came out with, it pulled fat with it, and it created something that we call cheese. Okay, when you make it from acid, we call that a soft cheese. Uh, We call it acid set cheese or a soft cheese, like a baker's cheese, a cottage cheese, cream cheese, farmer cheese, those are all soft cheeses. Okay, those are created by getting, uh, through, th- uh, by acidifying, by souring the milk. Um, now, all those that I just mentioned, some of them are, go, told me that some of them are just caseins, and some of them are actually cheeses. But anyhow, I call them all cheeses. Okay? And if you use rennet, if you use rennet to pull out the casein, and there's fat in there, also, you get all kinds of cheeses. These are the cheeses you're different kinds of what we call the hard cheeses. Uh, cheddar cheese and Gouda cheese and Monterey Jack and mozzarella and Parmesan and Munster cheeses. All those are all hard cheeses. That means to say is the casein was pulled out from the casein was pulled out with rennet, that's how you got the rennet to separate. There was fat in the milk also, so when it, when it fell out, it encapsulated this fat into it, and it makes these cheeses. Okay? So, what's the difference between all those? I just told you, there's 99 different kinds of rennet set hard cheeses. What's the difference between all them? Okay, the differences in details that are not so Geh to us right now, like which culture you used, what temperature you did it at, how much moisture you took out of it, how long you aged it for, all kinds of other side points, which are very in the it's very important, and we hopefully get to them as we move on to Halakhas, but for right now, it's not so important. They're all cheese. Okay? All those things are what we call hard cheese. Um, and what the important din that there is for, hard che- for cheese is that when you make cheese, it needs to be as well. Okay, that's the halacha. That's the so Is hard cheese the six-hour thing? No, no, no. Uh, when I say soft and hard over here, oh, I'm sorry. I should clarify that. When I say soft and hard over here, I mean it's soft cheese is acid-set cheese, hard cheese is yeah. rennet-set cheese. Right. Some of the of, of those hard cheeses are so to speak so hard, so hard that they need you have to wait six hours. Uh, that's not what I was talking about. Okay. I meant as hard as in right. we, there's a sort of there's a separation. They're very diff- they're different. they different breeds from one another. Okay, so cheese needs to have uniqueness. Roll. Well. You have to do something. There's some participation in that so has to be somewhat involved in making uh, cheese. In making your cheese. That's going to be halakha base. Is, what does that mean? What does he have to do? When does he have to do it? For which cheese? Is, is it only for the hard cheese? Or is it for the soft cheese also? All kinds of struggles about how you make hard cheese. That's what halacha base is about. Is what, does it mean, what does it mean that you have to have green soil? Is- but something needs green soil, is- And it's assumed that that thing that I told you, that green soil that you need green yisro is for casein also. Okay. Remember, casein and cheese are not really the same thing. Casein is just the protein part of it, and cheese is the protein wrapped around the fat of it. Okay. It's assumed that you need casein, so both. Okay. And after you make this cheese, you pulled out the casein, or you pulled out the casein with the fat to make cheese. One, you made the casein with the, whichever one you made. There's leftover liquid. Okay, that leftover liquid is called. Wait, that leftover liquid is called. Wait, uh, we assume. We assume. I, I hear that there are those wrong. We assume that way does not need to be green in But even though the way doesn't that's need to be green in the way, the, you realize it's been in contact with the cheese, right? It, it, it was just with the cheese a second ago, and it has something What? Is, is no, no, no. I don't believe so. No. No, 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 no. You're talking about whether it has bleeds of green of Gvina. that it should be itself Vena. No, that's a, that's a very there, that's, a, that's not. Our no, our cheetah, really. no, 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 your, your question has to do with the other thing, which is the, the whey, which Brian is about to say, the whey is so close to the cheese, it's it made together with the cheese, it has so many places in the factory where it crosses bands. So so there are cold. questions of, even it itself doesn't need to be Gwilis salt, but it has bleeds of Gwilis Yisro. Even if it's cold, doesn't it? Right, well, that's what I'm just opening your eyes that there's such a possibility. It, it doesn't need to be Gwilis salt, but it has potential to be contaminated or to be ballua from Gwilis Yisro, and that's why it has this. Um, a few little exceptions over here is when you make the whey. It's called whey because it's called whey because the the most prominent component of that liquid that's left over is the whey protein. Kay? Casein is the main protein that's in milk. That's what you make cheese out of, and you make rennet, uh, you make casein out of. But the, the 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 important component left in the liquid is whey protein. Okay, so from that w- liquid that's left over, the whey that's left over, you can make whey protein. Like you could spray dry it to make whey powder. You could skim off cream off of that. That's called whey cream. We talked about before that you can make butter out of that stuff. That's called whey cream. You could skim off some of the little fat that's left over, and you can make a cheese out of that. Okay, there's a cheese called ricotta cheese that you can make. You make out of whey protein, not out of casein protein. You make it out of whey protein. That's called ricotta cheese. rich in for halacha, gimel also. Okay, what the din of that cheese is? It's not regular cheese. It's not made out of casein protein. It's made out of whey protein. That's the Mitzvah a for Allah and Him also. It's not, it's not your regular thing. Okay. Um, okay. Um, some of the exceptions to the cheeses that I told you is cottage cheese. Cottage cheese, which is made by acidifying the milk, you sour the milk to cause the casein to fall out of it. But the way they used to make it was, almost every cheese is made, is that you pull out the protein and then you eat just the protein part of it, or the protein with the fat. Cottage cheese, what they would do is they would mix it back in with the liquid. Okay? All, everybody's heard of you know, Little Miss Muffet who ages her curds and whey. Her curds and whey was the curd, that's the, that's the protein part of it, and the whey is the liquid left over. She was eating cottage cheese. Okay? So when you take the curd, you mix it back into the whey, and now you have a, the solids floating around with the, with the liquids inside of it. That's cottage cheese. Okay? That's different than most cheeses. Most cheeses you eat just the, the, the curd part of it, just the protein part of it. Nowadays, they don't make kind of cheese like that, for your information. Nowadays, they take out the protein, and they make a separate liquid that they put onto it. They don't put the whey back into it. But that, that's how you're supposed to make it, or that's how they used to make it. Okay, and another exception is yogurt or sour cream, which are very similar, which is all other cheeses are made by pulling out the protein. You pull out the, the casein, either with or without fat. You, with fat, you pull it out. Yogurt is, you just culture the milk, and you solidify The whole milk turns into yogurt or sour cream. It's only by pulling out casein. It's not really a cheese in a sense, that's also Mr. Jim of Gimel. What's the status of yogurts and sour cream? They're not like regular cheeses. A regular cheese, you pull out the protein and the fat to make something separated, and you leave the liquid behind. But when you make yogurt, you don't do that. When you make yogurt, the whole milk turns into that. It solidifies and, and congeals. It, do, it doesn't separate pieces out that become cheese to leave behind the weight. Okay, that's a message of Allah and Gimel also. Of what's the status of that? thing? What, what do you do with that kind of a of that. that. Is that really a cheese? Does that have, what kind of do does that have? Okay. In the next section, we're, we're, getting, we're getting towards the end now. We're a little over time, but a little towards the end. Okay. Third section is the sugar. Okay, we did the fat and the protein and now the sugar. Um, when you pull out the protein, the casein to make the cheese or the casein, what you're left behind is what I said, is the whey. That way, the main component that most the, the most prominent component in there is the whey protein, and that's why, it's, that's why the liquid is called liquid whey, because the, this prominent component is whey. There's another component in there is the lactose. The lactose is in that liquid. So, um, you can filter that liquid to get the lactose out of it. When you filter the liquid, the whey stays behind, and the lactose passes through. Okay, so, or in the days of a, a chazal, in, in the, the rush springs, they used to cook it to separate the whey, the whey would separate and the liquids, the other liquids would go out. Uh, so, the, you, if there is a, a separation you could do to the liquid whey. Okay, that separation to get the protein to go one way, the whey protein to go one way, and the water and the, the sugar to go a different way. So, the Gemara says in Chulun, Gemara says that is something called mei kholav, and mei is is mid the rice and not considered milchiks. Okay, so the so showing what that means, Mechalov. It's really going to be, we'll do it either in halakh in sim in or or Pe'alov, depending on, on the mood. Either Pezayan or Pe'alov, that's where the, the Shokhanah talks about that. What is Mechalov? Some hold Mechalov means whey. Okay, it's the liquid that comes out of milk. When you make cheese, the liquid that gets left over is called whey. So some Rishonim hold that that's considered, that's only milk that's to up on And some Rishonim hold that Mechalov is. After you take whey and you either cook it or you filter it, the liquid that's left over there, that liquid is the mechalov. The, the whey, that's liquid is for the rice. Only the second liquid is mechalov, which is, which is the durabhan. How can you cook something and have it heated and then it's mixed with something else that has a status... We have no it's a very good question. Mirzoshem, we going get to that soon. It's a very good question. How can it be? I cooked it together. How can it be that the water is not milk's and the, the the thing that came out is milk' and the water is not? It's a very good question. Mirzoshem for that. Um, you have to stay around till then. Okay. Um, so the so but, so like this. So whey, we are not meant to treat whey as if it is milk smitherisin. But the liquid that comes out of the whey, if we filter the whey and we get this the, we filter out this the liquid that comes through, that everyone holds only milk's with on. In that liquid is the lactose. The sugar, the, the milk sugar is in that liquid. So therefore lactose, everybody holds that lactose is only milk. Okay. No question that lactose is only milk. It's a Shiloh whether way is milk. We assume that it's milk. But everyone agrees that lactose is only milk. And you say, who cares? So when we do 7 Pesayan, we'll find out there's all kinds of practical applications to the fact that lactose is only milkings and on it. Okay, you would say, who cares? But the milkings is milkings. Well, <coughs> that's what <coughs> like yes, is not going that you could cook with meat, yes. But that's not, for most people, what are you do to cook with meat? But well, we'll find out we get the Pesayan. There's a whole bunch of not going um, to that be. Okay, before we wind this part down, um, this lactose has a number of different kinds of uses. Where could, you could end up seeing it, one is, I told you that lactose is really a disaccharide. we have two sugars. One of them is glucose. That's used all over the place. Okay, that's not what, no one. It's not That's, that's one thing. But the, what's unusual to lactose is the other sugar, which is it's called galactose. That's the other sugar. is called the galactose sugar. So lactose is is a made up word, which means it's the the combination of glucose and galactose. Galactose is what's used to make a sweetener, a low calorie sweetener called tagatose. Tagatose um, is a low-calorie sweetener, which would be not so significant, except that it has a very big uh, yichus that is used for making diet slurpees. Okay, for whatever reason, diet artificial uh, the low-calorie sweeteners don't work well in a slurpee machine. For whatever reason, they don't get that consistency for some reason, but tagatose does. So tagatose is the is the low-calorie sweetener used to make diet slurpees, and that's why diet slurpees are milkings because they're made from galactose, they're made from tagatose, which is made from galactose, which is made from lactose, which is made from whey, which is made from milk, which is made from milk. Is this no. available on the retail market? Or or you go to 7-Eleven, can you get it? No, no, no. Or oh, could you bag- buy tagatose? I don't know. I, never I don't know, is it sold? Is the pound of chalicella? Drink and sold No, or it it's milk. It's milk It's has been dropped. The milk has been dropped. The It's milk. It's not from a chalicella. You should not drink the ice well, he, he shouldn't drink it, wait you he shouldn't drink it, it it's milk So people who are not going to wouldn't eat things that are Milchegs because they say they they're not Chauvizot. The yeah, so they don't sell them the kosher one. No. No, no, they don't sell kosher. No, no. I've never seen that. But there is. Okay, let's start today. I don't. I don't. Okay. okay. So maybe maybe there are newer ways. Maybe there are newer ways that they can sweeten it. Now that's right. my understanding that they use this tag. Okay. Anyhow, so uh, okay. Yeah. so that that's the eagles of a place where we might see a lactose. Okay. Another thing is that if you, there are certain countries that have that have tremendous uh, dairy industries, the ones that come to mind, the most famous ones are New Zealand and Ireland. They have huge dairy industries. In these countries, so it's such a big dairy industry. They have loads of whey, and therefore they have loads of lactose. Okay, they have all this leftover, all this lactose, so for them, lactose is just another sugar. It, whereas for us, we wouldn't use lactose just as a plain old sugar. They would use lactose because it it's a cheap sugar to be used for fermentations. So if they want to make MSG in one of these places, or citric acid, they're looking for our sugar, we would use sugar coming from corn. For them, that's just a cheap sugar that's available. So it's used for fermentations in some of these places just because it's just cheap. Because in certain places that's what it's just around. These countries they have left over, they turn it into alcohol, and they'll turn into the alcohol. And there's, there's a vodka that's made out of it. It's made out of milk sugar. It's made out of milk sugar. That means is they ha- they went to a place where they put lactose, they turned the lactose. They for like any other sugar could turn it into alcohol, which could turn it into and you can make schnapps out of it, you can make vodka out of it. So, they, that, so in some countries they're using it because it's just cheap, okay? Or it's being used. Sometimes people use it because they want sp- certain properties of, they want certain properties of milk. For example, we had a company that we used to certify that was making biacidal out of lactose. Okay, is something that gives a, a buttery kind of a flavor to it. A butter, okay, awesome. we don't have to... They give a buttery, a buttery kind of a flavor. They wanted certain notes to carry over. They could have used any sugar to make diacetyl. The they wanted to use a milk sugar, but not because they thought it would carry over certain notes of the milkiness of it also. Not, it wouldn't be just plain diacetyl, but diacetyl with other components of the milk that would have a certain taste to it. So they, they were using the milk sugar on purpose. They weren't using it because it was convenient. Were, it was the reason why they wanted it. We have a company now that makes also ferments... Uh, flavor enhancers, and they use whey. Now they're, they're really not using whey. Really, they're using the lactose. They put in whey, but the only part that's fermenting is the lactose. The whey doesn't ferment. The f- part that ferments is the, sh- the lactose sugar that's in there. Uh, milkers? It's milk. It's milk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, so we, it's milk. Um, they, they, why they use the lactose is a, a, it's a story, just a historical. But they don't. They, that's, they're just. They're using. The, they, they have a thing why they want to use whey. Okay? Um, and for some reason, I haven't gotten 100% around this, a lot of tablets seem to have lactose in them. Pills like that people swallow. For some reason, that's I mean, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what. Okay? Anyhow, um, some of these parts of lactose are going to be, again, for Simon Pays and we took the bus poll. That's for that. Okay? Last part that we have to do, we're almost done. We're, we're over time, I'm sorry. Last thing we have to do is the, the water and the minor components. The minor components is mainly, we talk about calcium, ca- like calcium caseinate, but the water is the last thing that's left. We took out the, the fat and the protein and the sugar, and maybe someone even pulls out the calcium, it's not common to get it, but even, let's say, someone pulls out the calcium, what's left is water. And it, I, I'll just mention it, is that in a dairy company, when they have certain products, so they have whey. So what do they do? They, they want to remove the liquid so they can sell powdered whey. Or they want to remove the liquid so they have just the, the lactose. Or they want to remove the liquid so they can get concentrated milk. Okay, they want to make, you know, evaporated milk. Okay, all these things, they want to remove liquid. So... The, the simple view would be is they would remove the liquid, and that would be the end of it. Okay, but the truth is that in efficient companies, they capture that liquid that they, that they evaporate off. As they boil out that liquid, they capture that liquid. Why waste the water? Okay, and they capture that water. And that's called, it has a term, it's called cow water. And okay, that water that's boiled out, that's captured, it's called cow water because it, it's water, but it has certain carryovers from the milk, so it's not pure water exactly, they call it cow water. And what they do is, what do they do with cow water? So one company, you know, one company, they water their lawns with it. Okay? Well, wonderful. Okay, so they water their lawns with it. No problem. But other companies use that water. Use that water for cleaning. Now, they wouldn't use it for a final cleaning because it has contamination to it. It has milk carried over into it. But they would happily use it to do a first rinse on something. They would use that water. There was, there was unfortunately a company that after many years, the Moshiach realized, they were cashing with the cow water. They're crashing for milchibs to using milchib water. Okay, that water is milchibs, okay? So only... But it's, it's only it, it, it may or may not be how I've tasted, not cow water, but a variation of cow water and the head of town it. wasn't cow water, it was a different type. It was the same idea, but it depends how, much, how efficient the system is, how good it is, how much carried over into the water. Okay, it depends how, how well the, the, the details of, of that system work. Um, it's milked because what you said before... It depends. It's a good question. It might. It depends where when they got it from. Let's say they were making evaporated milk. They took milk and they wanted to make it evaporated milk. You know, cans of evaporated milk. So they they, they take basically milk. Bo- take milk and boil out the water. That's but basically they boil the water out. Of it. That water is also called cow water. Okay, depending on where they got it from, it might be dried to draw it, but it would be milkings. Okay, so the water. And it, it, it's just funny, you never th- you know, we have a list of a bunch of places where water could be traded. You wouldn't think of, usually water is not on the top of the list of problems. Right. But in these kind of places, uh, companies, especially theories, love to be efficient. Okay, and if they have a thing that they can save water and do something with it, so if they want to wash the, the streets with it, that's fine. Or water the grass. But if they're going to be using it in production, then it potentially runs into these kind of problems.